Hey, uh, mitts and chicks. He scores! Sider wins it for Detroit! Oh, Sider with his first National Hockey League goal! Uh, thanks for the support. Appreciate uh, you guys supporting me and uh, the Sharks. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mitts and Chicks. We are back with another episode in our little series this month of talking about underrepresented uh, people in hockey. Today, we're going to talk about women because that's honestly why we started this podcast is to amplify female voices in sport. Well, the real reason we started the podcast is because we think we're really funny and we like talking a lot. Um, but then we were like, oh, and also like women in sports, whatever. Um, and what better way to talk about women in sports than to invite a guest who's another woman in sports and a podcast friend of ours. It's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh my God. I'm like awkward. I never record myself when I do these things, but so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. We love Sarah. And if you haven't listened to her podcast, no game, she talks about hockey and tennis and a bunch of other little things too. So um, go give her a listen as well. We're going to kick it right off. Sarah, tell us what you do in hockey. Oh, (laughs) well, what I used to do because the hurricanes are no longer in the playoffs. Um, Boo. I know. So sad. Go abs. Um, (laughs) But This past year, I interned for the Hurricanes in their communications department. Um, So it was that's a glorified title because really all I did was go and watch a lot of hockey games, maybe do some work sometimes. It was awesome. Um, And yeah, I'm sad. I'm like, why am I not there? But also, I'm so glad that I'm not traveling anymore (laughs) to go to the games. But I guess to get a little bit more nitty gritty, I would run notes. compile like presser information. Um, I would make sure the NHL people were all happy, run stats to them, go down to the locker rooms um, and make sure everything just ran smoothly on game night. Um, And yeah, it was great. I would highly recommend to anybody that wants to be an intern for an NHL team. It's super fun. How did you first know that you wanted to work with the Canes? Like I know that you talk a lot about on your own podcast about being a fan and growing up a fan because you you've spent your whole life in North Carolina, right? Or yeah, most of it. yeah, most of it. Yeah, I moved to Raleigh the year they won the cup, and so I was kind of like, okay, I have to become a hockey fan now. Um, but I didn't really become like a serious fan until the past couple years, and I was like, oh, I could actually like go there and work there because the PNC was super close to Chapel Hill. So, um, yeah, I kind of decided to intern for them. My last year, I was like, Oh, they'll take me. (laughs) I just read your message, Allie. Um, but they decided to 
I lost my train of thought, sorry. But I decided my senior year that I wanted to intern for the Canes, um, but I had never seen them posting anything. But eventually that's a whole other story as to how I got it. Maybe we can get into that. But I was like, oh, this would be fun. I'm not taking a lot of credit hours. I need some work in sports experience. Um, let me reach out to the Canes, see if I can get an internship there. And they're like, yeah, totally. So that was kind of the motivation. It wasn't like some long complex thing where I was like, from six years old, I want to work for the Hurricanes. <laughs> like it was a pretty short-term decision. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's going to be our next question. Like, can you tell us a bit about the application and interview process for any of our listeners who might want to go down some similar path to getting an internship with an NHL team? Like, any tips for going through this process? Yeah, it was definitely unorthodox. I'm not going to lie. There is no application. Um, so, what I actually did this is going to make the organization sound kind of bad. So sorry, Mike and all the other people at the hurricanes. Um, but I reached out, I went on LinkedIn and I really wanted to do just like an informational interview with one of the people in the communications department. And so I found Mike Sunheim. I'm sure he's fine with me saying his name. Um, and we connected and I sent him a little note and I was like, Hey, if you ever have time to chat, I would love to just to learn a little bit more about what you do for the Canes. He also had an alumni connection. We both went to the same school. So I've kind of leveraged that. And he was like, yeah, once training camp finishes up, um, come to the PNC and we can chat. And then he sent me an email and he was like, Oh, also we have an internship position that we're trying to fill. If you'd be interested, send me your resume. And so when I went to chat with him um, at the PNC, I was like, I just threw it in there. I was like, I didn't see the internship position um, posted on teamwork online. Um, where was it? And he's like, Oh, we don't post them. We just wait for people to reach out to us to get the internships. Um, but not all NHL teams do that. Cause I've seen on teamwork online, which I feel like is the best place to look, um, the predators and the red wings and the Blackhawks, they all post their roles. The hurricanes, I think are just gatekeeping, um, in a very small way. So yeah, I went to the PNC, talked to Mike, and then I also talked with another Mike in the communications department and he did my interview and the interview was so informal. Um, they had no prepared questions. <laughs> it was just like, so why do you like hockey? Why do you like the canes? Um, what's your like communications experience? It was so laid back. Um, and I went into that interview so nervous. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not going to get this. Like I'm not qualified. And then they reached out to me like not even 24 hours later. And they were like, you got it. Um, and then I, I did that on, I think like Wednesday, like October 12th, which was like the week of the first home game, um, like opening night. And I, they were like, are you ready to start working our next home game? And so I worked the game against the Leafs for the second one of the season. And yeah, that was, it was very much a quick process, um, but worth it, I think. Awesome. I feel like that's a really good lesson for everyone, though, in networking organically and not necessarily because you want something um, and coming at it from the angle of, you know, just wanting to know what people do for a living, um, which is obviously really fascinating to the three of us. And yeah. I bet is interesting to a lot of our listeners, too. So, yeah, use LinkedIn or Twitter. Twitter DMs are great, too, for reaching out. Don't be afraid to network. It's really a good tool. Twitter DMs well, is that's our that's our big lesson i don't think i've talked about it on the podcast but um this is kind of off topic the best advice that anyone's ever given me in any industry is to network laterally uh which we have all done even though um you know sarah's gotten some real world experience that we haven't quite gotten yet um we're all we're all friends and we're all kind of in this similar 
podcasting bubble um and obviously um me and Callie and Allie have all networked laterally in that um, we're each other's peers and we met in the same program. Um, I think it's so much more important sometimes to have those connections versus saying, well, who can I meet? And then they can um, have me level up and, and kind of um, how can I be where they're at? Um, I think it's interesting to meet some people that are kind of in a similar place to you and then you'll all grow together and you never know where people are going to end up themselves. Oh, yeah. I was going to say Twitter DMs is where we met Sarah Griffin, I believe. Um, and Sarah Griffin of- is the reason that Sarah Campbell knows us. Yeah, she I is. Know. Love Sarah Griffin. A lot of Sarahs love, in our love life. Saturdays and I love Celsius. it. Yes. Speaking yeah. of Sarah and Saturdays and Seltzers, how did you decide that you wanted to get into podcasting? Like, tell us the no game story. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think when I was in my final semester at UNC and I was kind of like had too much time on my hands, um, I actually reached out to Mackenzie Friedman. She is the social media creator for or the coordinator for the Hurricanes. And again, another networking situation. I was like doing an informational like coffee chat with her. And she was like, what would be something that you would really like love to do just in your like like no plans, no like monetary backing, just something for fun. That's you're passionate about. And I thought about it and I was like, Oh yeah, like doing a podcast would be really cool. And that was in like October, like super early. And I think I launched my podcast in like January, February, something like that. And so it took a lot of me like ruminating on it. I'm like, no, I can't do this. Um, nobody wants to listen to me talk. And it was kind of just me thinking from that chat, like afterward, like kind of processing in my head, what could I even talk about? Um, and then I graduated in December and I was, I had too much time on my hands again. And I'm like, let me sit down and kind of like brainstorm and figure out what I could actually talk about. And most of my life at that point was working with the Canes. And I was like, oh yeah, I can talk about hockey, but from like a different perspective. Um, even though like we talk about like you guys and Saturdays and Seltzers, I feel like there really is still a lack of like female voices within the sport. And so I sort of just bought a microphone (laughs) off of Amazon and I'm like, okay, I'll record one might as well. Um, and I'm like, oh, I could also talk about tennis. And it was very much just like, a okay, actually sit down and do it kind of moment. Um, because for a long time I was like, oh, maybe I'll like interview people. And then I'm like, I don't have those connections. So I just had to sit down and talk and do it. And yeah, that was kind of the motivation. Just talking about things I love, um, and passionate about. I love to talk. (laughs) Oh my God. Tell us about it. Like I said, that's half the reason we also started this podcast is just so that we can. And also just, I feel like personally, I don't have a ton of friends who are hockey fans or at the very least as big of fans as I am. Mm -hmm. And I definitely got that through the power players and through these lovely ladies. And so this podcast is actually just an excuse for me to talk to people who won't beg me to shut up (laughs) every week about this stupid fucking sport. <laughs> I totally relate. I, sp- I feel like in North Carolina too, it's like who, who likes hockey for the most part, but the Canes yeah. have been really good. <laughs> so it has helped, but still, I don't meet a ton of hockey fans. It's definitely like college basketball. And I'm like, I can't Madeline, relate. Madeline yeah, although, turned me into a Canes fan. I'm a big, <laughs> yeah, I did turn Ali into a Canes fan for, for the brief shining moment. Heartbreaking. <laughs> um, the season that they were incredible, but 
I'm a big college basketball fan, but I do get Same. what Sarah's saying. Uh, well, especially Go Heels. Go Heels. Sarah's alma mater was the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Always. Anyways, for those of you that don't know, very impressive school. Um, but <laughs> we kind of touched on it um, in our most recent episode that we filmed. We talked about um, how gatekept that hockey culture is mm-hmm. and i feel like you probably feel the same we're both from north carolina when i see people post about the canes like just during playoffs i'll take it i'm so happy about it i will talk to anyone about hockey yeah. i couldn't care less if you're a bandwagon fan like we yes. we all support bandwagoning here we're gonna yes. say it again 100 um, percent. yeah definitely important grow the sport like exactly it's the worst like when people are like when did you become a fan and they're like oh 2021 like I no, you can't be here. I'm like, come on. Like, why do you something, care? Something about that that I, I can't remember where I saw this in a tweet a long time ago and I don't remember who posted it, but it really resonated with me is like the idea. And we talked about this a little bit in our last episode about like people like you having more value as a fan because you've been around longer or something like that. And that's total BS. But something that I saw in this tweet that I thought was a really like astute observation is like when girls are growing up, in, a, in many, many cases, um, they're not, you know, girls aren't quote unquote supposed to like sports. That's a boy thing, right? And so what this tweet was pointing out was essentially, how can you expect us to grow up in an environment where we're not encouraged to enjoy sports, but then once we get older and start enjoying sports on our own, you know, on our own time and without any pressure or encouragement from society because society doesn't want us to enjoy sports how are you going to call me a fake fan for only just getting involved when you never wanted me involved in the first place like the reason that so many girls become sports fans later in life is because they're not raised to enjoy sports and then when they finally do start enjoying them they aren't real fans because they haven't been playing the sport since they were six or they haven't been watching or supporting a team since they were born and i'm you know lucky i grew up in a hockey family where we all enjoyed and watched hockey i never played hockey my parents never put me in hockey uh like they did my brother but um i i have been a wings fan since i was born not everyone has and that doesn't make them any less of a fan because not everyone is lucky enough to be raised in a family where liking sports can be a girl thing so I thought that that was a really interesting observation from that Twitter user who, I don't know, on the long shot that they're listening to this, um, DM us and we'll give you that credit. But um, yeah, I like the whole, you're not a real fan because you're bandwagoning or because you just became a fan a couple of years ago or last year or this year is all bullshit because ultimately the goal is to grow the game, to grow the sport, to grow the love of the sport. So why are you complaining? Like, don't you want more people to talk about this with? Don't you want your sport to succeed? So that's my two cents. Or people like automatically being like, oh, you only like it because you like one of the players. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I hate that. It's so annoying. As a gay hockey fan, nothing makes me angrier. Yeah. Nothing makes me angrier. I don't even think they're cute. I hate it so much. <laughs> It just reminds me of, um, I know we told this story before, but of the, when we were at All-Star and we were standing by the rink and Jack Hughes skates by and PSN or Bar Down, same thing, whatever, um, got a video of it and it's us screaming because we just want to get his attention really for fun, cute, like all yeah. the other players. And just all the comments are hate, like, like the average Jack Hughes fan or 
the average female hockey fan, Typical things like that. Bunnies. I hate it. I swear I want to myth bust it because I, that was not us. But it was. <laughs> like We went back and looked at our videos and it was very much like it collectively was. us as a whole. But I always yeah. like wanted to defend myself. But it sucks that I wanted to defend myself. Sorry, I was excited. Right. You don't need to defend yourself. You're allowed <laughs> exactly. to be excited. Exactly. It was very exciting. He's it's a just great sad player. that the, the behaviors become so normalized on the internet that like it's the entire comment section with like no defenders or like mm-hmm. I know like there are some other topics where people like come to the defense of like whatever's being discussed but like pe- females being only being fans of the sport to be puck bunnies is like I don't know it just feels like one of the most controversial topics when it really shouldn't be especially because it's probably the same people who want to see they want to see more women in sports mm-hmm. yeah we do, we do joke about um going to games looking like wags and or puck bunnies just for fun because I whenever I go to Blackhawks games in Chicago I don't wear a Blackhawks jersey because I have an ounce of self-respect so I have to put a, you know I'm like I'm like if I'm not wearing a Blackhawks jersey to a Blackhawks game what am I going to wear the answer is black leggings and a jean jacket mm-hmm. and a crop top because it's so funny I think it's really funny especially because people like look at me and I'm like okay, well, the CMO of the NHL follows me on Instagram. So, you know, it gives me, makes me feel powerful. I think it's hilarious. I honestly think my, like my favorite joke is just like, whenever I'm at a hockey game, I just like puck bunny. I think it's really funny. We're reclaiming, we're reclaiming it. You just need to like (laughs) customize your jacket. You just need to like buy some like patches and iron them on. Exactly. I would kill for a wag jacket. I think everyone here would kill for a wag jacket. On that train of thought, uh, one thing that I really love, Sarah, um, is all of your game day fits that you've had in the past season. And I think that like, like what we just talked about coming from someone who wants to work in a professional world similar to sports. um, I think that there's always sometimes weird stigma about what's acceptable to wear and even like all three of us just graduated high school and there's a lot of things to be said about you know high school dress code that a lot of us have experienced and how that makes us feel so it's always really awesome to see that like you're not afraid to wear color in the workplace this sounds so stupid like we should just be (laughs) proud to wear what we want to wear or like wearing skirts and dresses like I feel like you're always afraid on you know maybe I'm wearing something that's too short and that should not be anyone's business first of all um I don't think anybody's professionality should be determined by the length of their skirt but I do think it's very awesome um the way that you've dressed for your games and it's been a lot of fun to see so I don't know do you maybe have like a favorite outfit you've worn that's made you feel really confident Ooh, that's such a good question I feel like before I answer it I have to shout out um I think her name's Jessica Corbett um she's the social media coordinator yes, yes. for the Canucks and I'm she obsessed does, with her she's her amazing thread. her thread is what inspires me to like dress cute for the games because I'm like if she wears that like she did like a rock and roll themed one for when they wore their like reverse retro like I love her and her stuff is just like oh I love her clothes um so you're my inspiration for that if she's listening um but let me think favorite one I think my playoffs like round one game one where I wore the all green suit um I love that outfit and I bought it specifically for that game. Me and Addie, the other intern who is one of my really good friends now, um, we both bought like 
color blocked suits. And we were like, okay, we're going to wear these for the first game. Um, and it was a really short skirt and like a really long blazer. And it wouldn't be like what would traditionally be considered professional, but like, I felt so confident in it and I got so many compliments and I just loved it. I mean, hockey rinks are cold, so I did get a little chilly and there's a blanket up on press row. So it saved me UNC blanket. Um, I would wear it during the games, but when I was, it was actually like 95 degrees that day outside. And so I would like go in and out and I would be like hot and cold in my outfit, but it made me feel like so confident when I was going to the game. And then we destroyed the Bruins in that game. So I was like, it's my outfit. Everybody was like, you have to wear it for the rest of the games this season. Like they're like, we're all wearing the same outfits for this series. Um, because they like gave us luck that night. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt very confident in the outfit and I loved it. And I was like, okay, it's Instagram feed worthy. I don't post on Instagram a lot. Um, but it, it made it to my feed Cosmo and Wanda. Cause Addie had on a pink one too. That's so cute. Yeah. I love that. It was great. The outfit is so cute. I always look to you for outfit inspo. Like if there's ever like a professional event or whatever, I'm like, where can I get in a dupe of this? Like, what is your, what's your, what sites do you buy them from? Um, okay. So I got my green suit. It's called pepper Mayo, which is an awful name. I get it. Like the algorithm has figured me out on Instagram. Um, they like suggest everything to me. So where I got the green suit was pepper Mayo. It's from Australia, but their stuff is like cheap it just takes a while to ship um but it's not bad quality it's low price um let me think where else do i buy my clothes i'm like semi-professional stuff i feel like banana republic and like loft is good for like professional things but i kind of by the end of the season i was just wearing random outfits if you see my like pictures on the ice i'm in like a long flowy like floral dress <laughs> and i'm like why did i wear this on my last day um I'm trying to think like anthropology has good stuff, but they're pricey. Um, Pepper Mayo is really good. Uh, Princess Polly is good. Those kind of things. You can find things that work for you um, in like professional settings, like a good way. I'll buy like a dress that could also be worn going out and I'll throw a blazer on it. Um, Oh, Zara. Zara is good too. Um, Zara blazers are, I have a few of those. They're really, yeah. I got the iconic pink coat from Zara. I love it. Love it. It you, really if you is want to work in sports, piece. you have to get a pink coat. That's what yes. I've learned. That's the law. <laughs> it is the law. <laughs> I have, I actually have a pink. I wore um, a pink suit to my brother's graduation last night. It made me feel very powerful. Love I have a pink blazer. It's like a pink, kind of not quite velvet, but it's like a nice Ooh. soft material. Super so cute. cute. I got it in a thrift store in Seattle, Washington. So that's the other thing. Any brands that Sarah mentioned, you can go like on Poshmark or Depop. Yes. I don't yes. know. I will so scour. I will stuff. find professional outfits for all of you. Slide into our DMs and I will. we will all style you. <laughs> that would be a fun game that we could do. We're, we're going to style your interview outfits. We'll all just be like popping onto the Twitter account individually and you will never know which message is from who. <laughs> you have to guess. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> so I, I know you've talked a lot about um, in your podcast balancing two internships this year mm-hmm. so how was that like was it super tough or like what, what advice would you give to somebody trying to like go into the internship world like having this sort of balance yeah so I'll give a little bit of background so when I graduated in December I was like okay I can't just rely on the Canes internship like for my 
honestly living because they don't pay very well. Um, and also it's at nighttime. So I would have like fully empty days. And so I was like, let me find another internship that I can work that will give me money and also prioritize my time or take up some of my time. Um, so I interned with a PR firm, um, they had a Raleigh office, but thank God I worked remote because I was not driving to that office. Um, I love remote work. Um, and I worked there 40 hours a week. So I would do eight 30 to five 30. Um, and it would be, I had to negotiate with them when I was getting the internship. I was like, Hey, I work for the hurricanes and on game nights, I'm there from four 15 to like 10 30. And so whenever I had game days, I would work 8.30 to 3.30 and then I would log off and I would drive to the PNC and then I would work at the PNC from 4.15 to whenever we would leave, which was around 10.30 to 11. So my days were insane, um, but I definitely love to stay busy. And I would say it would be so much harder if I didn't have the remote option. So I don't really know how to give advice if you have to go intern in an office and then well, luckily, actually, the office was across the street from the PNC, but I'm like, I'm not going to work the whole day and then driving over to the PNC and like not freshening up or anything. Um, so, yeah, I can't really give advice on that, but I would just say, ooh, what is my advice? <laughs> Be a good time manager. That's like kind of the only thing I wouldn't take my lunch on the days that I would work game nights, which is bad advice. Don't listen to me. Take your lunch. But um, <laughs> just to make sure that I was like prioritizing my hours so I didn't have to like take too much time off during the week. But I mean, I think this is kind of like the time in your life when you're just going to be really busy and it's kind of awful for a little bit, but also it's great because I enjoyed what I was doing. And that's actually my advice. I, I thought of it as I was going, just find, try your hardest to find things that you really enjoy doing, because if you're doing two internships that are miserable and you hate them and they're taking up 15 hours of your day, it's just going to be the worst. Um, so they don't both have to be great and they don't have to pay great, but you don't want to be miserable the entire time. So try your hardest. Don't just succumb to the first internship that gives you an offer, like know your worth and find something that you can actually enjoy doing. So you don't struggle from eight 30 to five 30 and then work and see a hockey team lose at night. Cause that would just be the worst. <laughs> That's so depressing, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, rest Luckily, in the Hurricanes did a lot of a lot of winning most of the time. But they won by the end of, at home, yeah. especially. <laughs> yes, at home, I got to see. I was hopeful for that last home game, and then I'm like, oh no, it was <laughs> it's going downhill. What's your dream job? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, I think my dream job would be to honestly do like individual player marketing and social media. So I wouldn't want to work for the team. I would almost want to like because. NHL players are so bad at social media. They're like, so bad. It's they are the so absolute worst. And they don't like, they can make so much more money, like tapping into social and like sponsorships and everything. Um, so maybe doing like individual player marketing and sort of like controlling that and making sure that they are definitely capitalizing on their brand. I think that would be an awesome job, but what player would be up to that? I don't know. Maybe Zegris. I feel like he'll be the first <laughs> to tap into it. Yeah. I mean, these players are like so like especially the young guys are such gold for growing the game and yeah. like getting more fans and the nhl doesn't know how to market them and they don't know how to market themselves and it actually makes me crazy because i'm like trevor give me your goddamn phone i know you could be so interesting and you're not 
Yeah. Makes or you see bad. like the GQ with like Connor McDavid and Austin <laughs> Matthews. <laughs> Austin Matthews. <laughs> it was awful. I mean, He's like, this is my so stick. Bad. I can't live without it. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I, we all know what you do for a living. What are you talking about? I know. I Connor know. McDavid house tour is my favorite video on the internet. I can't my even bring favorite. myself to watch it. That's Lauren's fault though. It's so I'm sorry. We love bad. her though. No, one hundred percent, it's her. Yeah. You know what's but- really funny? Um, there was one time where, well, every time the Oilers wags had really horrible jackets. No oh, shade God. to them; they're all very beautiful women. But there was one photo that I saw where McDavid's girlfriend was wearing a different jacket. <laughs> she saved herself. She saw that the ship was sinking, and she said, she "I'm taking a boat." But she I'm made the jacket. <laughs> taking a boat. Yeah, they need to market. I've been okay. Actually, wait. Kelly and I have been talking about this. They need to market Marit Cider because he's so funny. And on the Mojo show, he's like iconic, hilarious. Like that boy was built for the camera. And then you go to his Instagram and he has like just like a few pictures of him playing hockey. And then like every once in a while after a win, he'll post push and pee on his story. And I still think that's really, really funny that he does that. It's my favorite little tradition. But like they're like so much love to all these players none of them know how to present themselves anywhere mm-hmm. on social media or anywhere else so yeah i agree that's that would actually that would be really really sick sarah if you did that because god knows they need it they need it they need it so bad there's so much potential exactly. i always think people should do more like instagram lives and then save them to yes. their profile because i think that's it's like fun. a fun casual way like if somebody was like oh i'm gonna like cook my favorite pregame meal or i feel like i could see i could see mo doing like a little comedy bit he like, on his story really like if, if someone made him do it online I, like, I feel like he'd do or they could do a live mojo Taping. Actually, I would kill for a live mojo. I was gonna say you said pregame meal. I would kill for a Louis Deming live, either on his Instagram or the Pittsburgh Penguins Instagram oh. of him just like baking something. I was also gonna talk fun. about pregame meals. I don't know if this is true, but I saw it on Twitter, and it was Nathan McKinnon, and they said his pregame meal is five hard boiled eggs. Five hard boiled <laughs> eggs. I saw that too, and I. I'm like, that. oh my god! Can you imagine? It's like here's that. how I boil water. Here's his Instagram. <laughs> you put the water in the pot, and you put the pot on the stove. Oh my god! That's exactly how he would do it too. That you're so right. It <laughs> Nathan is. McKinnon it's is so funny. It's oh my gosh! But do you not guys intentionally. Not intentionally. Not intentionally. When they lost in the second round, it was like a year ago because people were posting about it on Twitter. And then when the reporter goes like, so you're a big gamer, Nate. And I don't know what the question was, but just that was like the leading sentence. And it was so funny. So funny. That was my favorite thing that was memed. And it was also, he, well, he was, I think he was drunk, the reporter. That's Ooh, what um. I read. And he had like, he was this guy that had been like, I don't know if he, I don't think he was with the team at some point, but he used to be like with more official media. And then he kind of just like, kept coming back and so it was known that this guy wasn't wasn't everyone's favorite reporter mm-hmm. but it was like like in a, a question that just didn't make any sense at all yeah. and he posed so it as gamer. so you're a gamer which so is just so, so funny. funny i love him the, the avalanche have done a decent job they had like those two commercials that like i, I guess that those. wasn't the avalanche directly yeah they were really and then abs family values also really funny well so there was the one with mccarr where he was trash talking who was the other yeah. player in the Lannis Cog. and then there was um the really really funny one of i i feel bad because i don't know the avalanche players very well um it was one of the guys one of the finnish players teaching oh uh, ransom 
Yeah. Was it Rantanen? He was trying to teach like two of the other players finish or something. That was so and then he, funny. at the end where he was like, we're finished. He's like, yeah, dude, you're finished. I know. He's like, no, I'm finished. And he was like, I know you're from Finland. Like that was really funny. And I know that's not the players like real personalities or whatever, but like they kind of aced that like comedic, the comedic timing, the acting chef's kiss. So I just wish other teams would do more of that. I wish we got the Mojo show more frequently as well. Mojo show. Sun is shining and so is Maurice. Love it. Exactly, (laughs) bro. Exactly. I say that all the time to myself. Um, Makes me very happy. I also really like um, the ones with Lucas Raymond where they're just like, instead of answering questions, they're just losing their minds laughing. Because like, hey, that's because they're, really good friends in real life and like that's how you market your players anyway we can move on from this little tirade i think we all know how we feel about the way the league markets players so oh i have one more note um on kind of like bridging the gap Mm -hmm. between players and between like the greater culture zeitgeist because obviously um we're not quite there yet but uh something that i'm very passionate about is kind of getting some of these guys into the fashion and streetwear worlds because that's been done so well with a lot of NBA players, WNBA players, NFL players, um, and whatnot. And I think that there's some untapped potential that we have, but obviously, uh, there is a dress code in the NHL, or rather, there's a dress code um, per individual club, but uh, it tends to be pretty strict around the board. Um, and I wanted to ask. Kind of your opinion on that? Do you think they should always wear suits? Do you think it's fun when maybe some teams don't? Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I don't get it. I don't understand dress codes just in general, not only in the NHL. I think you should be able to express yourself through your clothes. And I would just be like the curiosity kills me, like what they would wear if they didn't have a specific dress code, like even the hurricanes are the team that I'm the most familiar with, like thinking about the different players on that team and like what they would each wear. Like, I don't know. I feel like Jordan Saul would still wear a suit even though he wouldn't have to. And like some of the other guys, like, I just don't get it. Cause didn't the coyotes lift their dress code for a little bit. And Ryan Dezingle came in and he dressed like a cowboy. Like I want more of that around the league. <laughs> like they all, I don't know. You'll go into like a NHLers like Instagram and they're like low key, a fashion influencer. Um, and I just feel like we need to bring that to the locker room. Like maybe it'll bring them more good mojo. Like I can't say his name at all, but Rupe Hintz, I think that's how you say it. Love his style. I want him to not have to wear a suit. I want him to wear his like weird little like Joker print t-shirts and like sunglasses into the locker room, like get rid of the dress code. I think they will feel better coming into the room. Maybe they'll win more. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But I don't know. Thinking about them putting on suits after they play, like, kind of disgusts me a little bit, too. True. (laughs) I think it was pretty interesting um, in the fall when the Leafs lifted it for a bit. Yeah. um, Because, obviously, Austin Matthews was pretty um, excited about wearing what he wanted to wear. And the rhetoric on Twitter was wild and crazy. Um, And then especially, like, I mean, I don't remember exactly, but I think they went into kind of – you know, a little bit of a scoring drought and weren't playing as well. And a lot of people, a lot of the old heads are kind of tying that into the fact that they weren't coming in wearing suits. And I just think it's so interesting. And my, this is my personal idea to those people that like really want to 
stick with tradition i think they should wear suits for home games and then whatever they want for away (laughs) maybe that's like a weird opinion because then maybe people would think they weren't as prepared or as like game day ready um when you kind of need to be off home ice but that's my personal thought yeah i get that i I definitely i definitely like feel like personally for me like the like dress well feel good kind of thing applies to me just from a confidence standpoint but that doesn't have to mean a suit and I will say with the suits you definitely see the players who have like decent fashion sense or are more creative than other players because they have cooler suits they have more creative um, outfits with what they're allowed to wear but at the same time if someone's idea of dressing well isn't a suit and you're taking away their you know, ability to dress how they see is you get what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't know how to phrase it, but like, if you're taking away the option to wear what makes them feel confident, then the whole dress well, play well thing doesn't end up working anyway. So I personally think that I look good in a suit and it makes me feel confident. That's why I wore it to my brother's graduation because I had to establish dominance over my brother at his own graduation. Um, But that's not what everyone feels is like you know a confidence boost or whatever I'm just saying words now but I think you guys got the point where it's like I can understand where they're coming from with the idea of if you dress well you're gonna like feel good and you're gonna play well but a suit isn't that doesn't have to be it I guess yeah well I personally think that loser dress code is just untapped potential for brand deals not that everyone i was just gonna say that i was just really untapped potential and then something that's been really fun is like we've had moments where they've let the guys wear jerseys for local hockey teams um when like high school teams are playing or they'll you know let people i mean like let people wear jerseys for other sports when their playoffs are happening like let let a team near a super bowl team like come in in jerseys i don't know i think that's just like also marketing potential and kind of these uh clickbaity moments i hate to call it that but things that are gonna get a lot of um traction online agreed love it i feel like oh my god hurricanes players coming in wearing panthers jerseys it would be not that they're a winning team but i i love that i like love when teams um in the same city like interact and acknowledge one another and where like i i love um uh, I know that the Tigers and the Red Wings have Tigers night and Red Wings night um, at each other's um, at each other's games. Uh, I think it's like one game a year or whatever. And I think that's really fun. I got to there was a fun video of um, some Tigers players reading the lineup in the Red Wings locker room. And that made me really happy because it's not even like I'm a huge Tigers fan. It's just like fun because, you know, I feel like rooting for a sports team creates a sense of community in your city, even though I'm literally not from Detroit. Um, But oftentimes, if you root for one city or one team in a city, you probably root for the other teams too. And that's a great way to like bring people in from other sports is to do that, to connect the teams with each other. So I'm super into that. So we have a couple questions left for you, just so we don't take up too much of your night. But one of them is, I know we talked a little about this more at the be- towards the beginning of the show and how we want to keep like do episodes in June about these underrepresented topics. So 
back to talking about women in sports. What do you think has been the hardest part about your journey, just being a woman working in the sports world? And what can we do to make other women feel safe as hopefully more women start to come into these positions? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like, I don't know, I knew going into my role at the Hurricanes that there wouldn't be a lot of women working there, just knowing how the NHL kind of works. Um, but it was honestly like astounding, like going to work um, and meet the other, like meeting the other teams, like, you know, everybody that they travel with. And it was like, oh yeah, there's one woman on their team or like, even at the hurricanes, like there really weren't a lot, like our intern group, it was all female, but um, we reported to like, one man and then he reported to a man and then he reported to the CMO and it's like, okay, cool. Like you're bringing in a bunch of like women to intern, but your whole department is male and not to bash them because they're all great. Um, but there really is a lack of female representation, not just at the hurricanes, but really as a whole, like I'm trying to think of what team actually had best female representation. And I think it was the Florida Panthers. They have the best PR woman I've ever met in the entire league. She is so on top of everything. Um, like I wouldn't have to like bat an eye and she would be like right there, like ready for us if we needed anything. Um, so shout out to the Florida Panthers. Um, you definitely had the most women on any team I saw. So great for that. Um, and I would just say, in the workspace, the best thing that you can do is just create relationships with the other women that are working there. Um, and it doesn't just have to be within the organization, but it could be people you see regularly, like um, media. There was a really great girl that worked for WRAL, which is the local station in Raleigh. Um, Casey Hintz, I think is her name. She's awesome. She would be at every game. Um, and we created a really good relationship or Sarah Sivian, the athletic beat writer, um, super great. It's really awesome to see other women there and like representation on press row, because I'm not kidding you. Like there are two press rows at the PNC arena and they seat about 25 people. And there were two women on press row a, and then 23 men. Um, and it's just, I think you just have to support each other, um, create those relationships and just lift each other up because I think so, like we're so quick to tear each other down and that's just not going to get us anywhere. So if you see another woman in the workplace and you're working for a team and you're like, Oh my God, like I finally saw another one, like talk to her, like create a relationship. Um, I think that's just the best thing you can do. And from there, you just hope that, you can spur on and encourage more women to enter the space, created a more inclusive space, um, throw out names. Networking is great. So if you know that there's an open position, um, throw in a woman's name for the role, put it out there because I mean, we are, we have too many men working in the sports industry, especially in the NHL. So try to boost each other up as much as you can. And I think that's the best you can do because, you know, you can only do so much as an individual, but you got to try your hardest. That's great. Love it. That's awesome. That was so well said. So just such great advice that especially to young women like us. And I know, I think out of the three of us, I'm the only one who like wants to go into the sports industry, like fully. Mm -hmm. And so just like talking to people like you who are, are so passionate and like, I've been given advice, like let whenever a man like gets you down in the industry, let that like time you spend kind of in your head, fuel your passion to getting more women to join the industry. And so just knowing that that's like a common theme that in the mindset that women have in the industry, it's just, it's great to hear. 
And I know it's not reassuring just because I know there's so much more work to do, but it's, it's a great start knowing that we all want to work towards the same goal of having more women. Yes, for sure. For sure. And I feel like not to like bash on the canes, like everybody I worked with, yeah, it was male dominated, but everybody was really open and supportive and friendly. So I feel like if you have a positive environment, you don't just have to tell it to the other women in the space and keep it between you all. Like you need to encourage the men in your workspace to also be advocates for more women in the space as well. So throw it out there. I mean, I know it's really hard to do, um, but I wish I had honestly done it, like brought it up as a point and been like, Hey, like we've talked about this and we noticed that there really is a lack of women in this space. Um, and maybe it's not something they can address at that moment, but it's worth planting the seed in their head because obviously they're the people hiring, um, the people that come to eventually work for the team. So it's, it's worth noting, even though it can be really intimidating to say stuff like that sometimes, especially to your superior. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great advice. And for, for all the young women listening who want to go into sports, we're always here for you if you ever want to chat about things like this. And I know we've gotten some really great DMs about that. And we love hearing just all of your stories. So thanks for reaching out. <laughs> and you can always reach out. It's on our show notes here that Mads wants to touch on both of you being fake blondes. <laughs> Matt, to let you take that. Hello, <laughs> guys. Uh, in in sad news, well, I'm still my hair looks pretty dark in this lighting. I went a little darker today. I had a hair appointment today, um, because I'm moving in the fall and I don't want to get my hair done in LA because I won't have a car nor will I have money. So, so true. um, I want to be less blonde so my roots don't look as horrible. But um. I love being a fake blonde. I love having been a fake blonde for this last little stretch of my life. Uh, I think that blondes do, in fact, have more fun. And also, it sounds so stupid to say it because obviously, like, you're not being discriminated against for being a blonde. Like, that might be the dumbest thing I could say. But also, I feel like when you're really, really blonde, like, there are things that come with that. I don't know. I wanted to be blonde because Elle Woods is blonde. That's, <laughs> That's a my completely personal. valid reason. I love but, that. like, I don't know. I feel like there is, like it's very it's very girly it tends to be looked at as like especially if if you dye your hair blonde i feel like you're looked at as a certain type of person um, that's definitely a thing agreed. like it's obviously like i agree saying like you know discrimination it's like obviously no one's gonna say that but it's absolutely a thing that ha- there's like connotations that are not always positive so no no i love being blonde though but i did there was a running joke between our intern group because me and addy were both blonde they're like okay logan needs to go do this because nhl players are obsessed with blonde girls apparently (laughs) (laughs) and they were like okay logan go do this you're brunette which obviously so stupid but we kind of made it a running joke because i have it on my instagram and twitter bio like unnatural blonde and i own it um but yeah i don't know i love being blonde so much like i I understand not having a car and not wanting to pay LA prices to get your hair done, but I'm never going back. I can't do it. Like this is my hair forever. I think that's really so good. Don't be ashamed to be a fake blonde. My bitmoji on Snapchat. <laughs> I'm never on Snapchat. So my bitmoji is still brunette. And I've had people like add me and be like, that looks nothing like you because you're blonde. Like, aren't you blonde? And I'm like, thank you for the compliment. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, your eyebrows like kind of match your hair. And I'm like, thank you. Chrissy did it. Like she, she, <laughs> she knows her stuff. It. Um, it's funny that you mentioned, I was just laughing about you mentioning the like joke about like 
well um hockey players love blonde girls because have you guys seen the tiktok of like a girl and she's talking about like something about dating like something about like i can't I know exactly believe I'm what dating. you're talking about yeah she's like i can't believe i'm dating a six five athlete or something along those lines and like the top comment is like do you think this girl realizes that she looks like she was built in a lab to date a six five athlete <laughs> i thought that was really funny because she's she's like blonde and she's wearing like a crew neck and like I think she's very pretty, but it is true. She looks like she was built in the lab to date a six, five athlete. And there's nothing wrong with that because we don't, we don't do that here. There's absolutely nothing wrong with looking that way, being blonde or looking anyway. Um, But I thought it was really funny anyway. I love it. It is so funny. I don't know if I've talked about this on the pod, but we mentioned Sarah Sivian and I have like a lot of things, especially recently. She's been getting some like heat on Twitter uh, for not being a Canes fan, which I think is like very strange because journalists get paid to cover a team and they don't have to be necessarily a fan of the team. And it's actually better that they're not. And people are biased. And um, I've heard some people kind of say to her, you know, well, it makes sense because if you're a woman, people probably automatically assume that if you're super knowledgeable about something, it means you really like it or you root for that team. And that's the only reason you'd know so much, um, which I think is an interesting point to touch on. But something I love about her is that she's like very, it's weird to say like unashamed because you shouldn't be ashamed. Like it'd be very crazy to think that way. Um, But like we'll post just like a lot of selfies and a lot of photos of herself looking very beautiful. Like any man would post of himself, but we don't really kind of take note of it um and I just like really appreciate that sometimes her profile pictures aren't necessarily like really professional covered up headshots like and she'll she has an Instagram page where she posts whatever she wants because she's so so good at her normal job that no one should care what she's posting right like you should be able to go on vacation and show people your vacation and have them not comment about what you're wearing um you know imagine imagine seeing a reporter like post a vacation picture and being like you're on vacation. You must know nothing about the sport or the team that you cover. <laughs> like the way that men think truly astounds me sometimes. It's crazy to me. I loved earlier. She, um, I'm sure you guys saw this tweet where someone like mentioned was like attacking her for not being a good reporter or something. And then said something about her profile picture. She's like, this is Twitter, not only fans. And Sarah was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that this is your first conversation with a woman who exists and has boobs. I know you don't talk to many people like that. Um, and I, I was like, I'm, I would kill for you, Sarah Sivian. You're the coolest person alive. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> I love Sarah Sivian. And it's That's so cool. weird. Like when I met her in person, I was like, I kind of like fangirled a little bit, but then I saw her every day after that. And (laughs) she's so shy in person. Like it shocks me when I like meet people and I'm like, oh, she's like so bold on Twitter and like an icon in her own right. Um, But then she's very like, she's dedicated to her job. She works and then she's really quiet when she was at the PNC. And I'm like, oh, I just like want to be her in some ways. I don't want to be a journalist, but I just respect how she is. And I wish I could like clap back at people like that. I'm just terrified too sometimes if you're a girl or a woman of any kind or not if you're just anyone that wants to be kind of inspired and you don't follow her on twitter i figure everyone does at this point but i think you really should a because she's incredible at her job and whatever she ends up doing next season i know will be just as incredible um and i love following her work i think she's incredibly funny and i also think she gets really candid at times about um you know she's like not ashamed to be a beautiful woman and there are things that 
that come with that that shouldn't come with that in this world and in many professional worlds and um and she'll talk about it and she'll talk about her bad experiences which I think is super um brave a lot of the time and um she's just a great person to follow I, I fangirled too. Basically, um, our sweet Sarah Campbell, who is an angel, took me up to Press Row, wrote me up a little cred, and I got to check it out from up there, which was a great memory that I now have. Um, but as I was walking myself back down to my seat, I saw Sarah Sivian, and I've met her in, like, in a Zoom meeting setting. Um, she follows me on Twitter, um, which makes me feel famous. But I really just like fangirl in her presence. I think she's so awesome. Yeah, she's she's another fake blonde. Yes, we love it. We and love maybe Emily story. Kaplan is a fake blonde. I don't know if it's fake or real, Ooh, but I another think so. double blonde that we love. The odds are she's brunette. Look at all these fake blondes killing the it. game. Love By it. the way, Jewish women in sports, Linda Cohen and Emily Kaplan have a podcast that we've talked about called In the Crease. And I just, I think Jewish women are really cool. Speaking, speaking from experience, so... I love in you don't. We know a cool Jewish girl. She may or may not be in this Stop. Zoom room right now. Stop it. No, it, it's uh, actually your sister, Sarah. Sorry. You know what? I'll take it. That's, that's fair. I understand. All right. Well, to end off this episode, we are huge fans of your astrology episode. Oh. It is our favorite thing in the world. I'm obsessed we- with it. I'm sit obsessed. there in awe how you're able to guess these players signs so easily but we would like to present you with the challenge to guess one player's sign but it's our favorite player Timo it's our Meyer. brand oh, Timo God. Meyer I should have googled it before I <laughs> honestly you should have known you should have known I should have oh my god okay I'm gonna have to think through this you this is the part you don't see when I record it I had to like write my notes and like write out personality attributes and I'm like okay what could they be hmm. I have the answer up so I can help you through it a little bit or, like if no, you need us no. to throw out some personality traits I don't because- know the only thing I know about Timo Meyer is from your podcast so <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> possibly a warped view <laughs> I just pulled it up as well he's pretty like interesting on the eye like he's kind of fiery right a little fiery on the ice a little, wild a little bit ice. yeah sometimes yeah. but not too bold yeah think. i'd say that i guess he's I like he's I'm... the kind of guy that like gets lady bing boats but interesting probably shouldn't have that was really funny to me that he got lady bing boats <laughs> lady yeah, bing to me screams earth sign but for some reason my intuition's telling me air sign. yeah he's an air sign he's an okay. air sign Okay, air sign. Okay. You terrify me, Sarah. <laughs> you scare me so much. Okay, let's see. I don't He's think- into fashion, if that helps anything. I know that. Big fashion guy. Instagram. He looks he has one of those fashion influencer Instagram like styles. Maybe he's a Libra. Oh my fucking God. You're right. He's a oh how do you do this? <laughs> you Sarah? actually terrify me. You I'm have a gift. terrified. Thank you. Should Everyone- I do readings? Like (laughs) if you thought that that was insane go listen to her astrology episode of no game i mean listen to no game in general but that episode specifically like when i was listening to it i was telling the girls earlier i was in my free period in school and like my head was in my hands i was like how is she doing this it was terrifying that episode was also just like a master class in podcasting and making something really interesting especially because you you do solo episodes which really impresses me because I kind of have to have these two to lean on. 
Thank you. I just get down and I'm like, I'll just talk. And I'm like, this will be 20 minutes. And then I end up talking for like 75. And it's just, I just can talk about astrology. I'm shocked he's a Libra because then I also think about Quinn Hughes, who's a Libra. And I'm like, Timo Meyer, Quinn Hughes doesn't really match up to me, but you know, the fashion thing. I was like, okay, he could be a Libra. I I think Quinn Hughes has a little bit of sass in him sometimes. I think so too. I think so too. With growing up with two other brothers, like there's no way he doesn't, or he's just like a saint of a person. I don't think it's that. (laughs) Definitely not that. No. (laughs) No. Yeah. When you were like, I'm thinking earth, but my intuition is telling me Libra or uh, air sign. I was like, there's no way. There's (laughs) no way. I it's anyway. a gift. It's seriously a gift. It is a gift. I can Superpower. just guess people's astrological signs. I don't know. When you said Lady Bing, I was like, I immediately thought of Jacob Slavin and I'm like, okay, Taurus. But then I'm like, there, he's not a Taurus. Like he can't be an earth sign. I don't know. It was just a feeling. Just a fe- it's always just a feeling. Like Always just a feeling. And the fact that that feeling is all right always right proves that it's a superpower yes exactly exactly if i didn't know all your astrological signs i would be guessing them now oh that would have been so fun (laughs) we're all fire signs for anyone unfortunately we're all really annoying about being fire signs as well so it's not i just can't believe everyone in this zoom is a fire sign right now it's really incredible yes a lot and we hit all three of them too amazing oh true (laughs) the aries outnumber the others yes. but it's fine yes and if you can hear my dogs in the background they're also aries <laughs> oh my god shiny <laughs> is the right my dog's a capricorn I don't, oh, no. I don't know really i'm not as i don't know enough to know what that means but she's a nightmare i love her very much anyway she should play in the nhl if she's exactly <laughs> bro get roxy a contract right now yes um she can save the chicago blackhawks <laughs> If anyone can say the Chicago Blackhawks, it's my dog. That's yes. a fact. Anyway. Thank you <laughs> so much for joining us, Sarah. We had so much fun. We are such huge fans of yours, and we are just so lucky to have been able to get to know you. You are so, so sweet. And everybody, make sure to go check out No Game. And where can they find you on social, Sarah? Ooh, this is a, I haven't memorized them yet, but I think it's no game pod off on Instagram and on Twitter because, you know, the names were taken. Um, and yeah, if you want to find my personal, it's Sarah Camps, C-A-M-P-B-S, because my last name has two consonants next to each other. We'll so. tag her and everything as well. Yes. So yes. You and find that there. Yeah. You guys are great too. I didn't get to say that, but love this podcast. Thank yeah. you for having me on and waiting for the end of the cane season. That was so sweet. Of course. Thank I, knew, you so I know much. I messaged her literally the day that it ended. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> is this too soon? <laughs> but I, yeah. So sorry to hear that um, your internship is over and that you've effectively lost your job. Would you like to be on our podcast? <laughs> I wish. I wish. Oh my God. I'll take the offer. But um. <laughs> Um, it's honestly a blessing in disguise. Cause I was like, I was having to drive from Charlotte to Raleigh. And so not wanting to do two hour drives and pay for gas that much. I was spending like 300 bucks on gas. Um, so even though I can't have a Tampa three P I'll just say that now go abs. I said so it at true. the beginning, but go abs. <laughs> I'll go even abs. pick up the Rangers. I don't care. Like never anything. thought I'd be a Rangers girl, but here we are. Never. Yeah. Um, Rangers yeah. put me in a really hard situation. It yeah, did. Really difficult. It did. Um, but thank you so, so, so much for talking to us. We really appreciate it. Um, and I'm sure that every young woman listening to this podcast who wants to go into sports appreciates all of your advice as well. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. 
We love you very much. And uh, we will see everyone next week.